You're listening to the Kayafa Ole Miss Weekly Message. We hope that you would be inspired to go out and make disciples transforming the college campus, the marketplace, and the world. Enjoy. That was awesome. Um, I, yeah. No, I just thought we were going to keep going. That's great. Um, so, yes, I am Ryan. Uh, my much better half is over here, Amanda. Stand up. Say what up. She is, I mean, if the Holy Spirit was a physical woman, it would look and sound exactly like her because that's how God speaks to me quite often and that perfect form. I don't hear it as the Holy Spirit. Now, I'll just tell you the truth. I just don't. I hear it as, you need to do this, you need to do this. And I'm like, no. And then finally, I hear like in this voice, in my prayer closet, God's like, you should do this. I'm like, okay, Amanda, I'll do it. (laughs) She's just, she's fantastic. She's just, my all-time favorite person is that woman over there. She is just, wow. She's amazing. Speaking of relationships, tonight, so this is, this is what, I, what I love about um, my, my sister, Courtney's my sister, in case y'all don't know, my oldest, but it doesn't matter, I mean, I'm the eldest son, and the firstborn male in biblical times, I mean, I'm only a little bit sexist, it's fine, um, so, what I love, I'm just, I'm just joking. Please hear me. I'm just joking. What I love about these two, and they said, hey, you're coming to check out Oxford to see if you're going to plant there. While you're here, we'd love to have you. Germs? What? Knocking boots. <laughs> yes. Come on, somebody else. Marriage. What? What did he say? It's natural. Well. Laughing. Clapping. Okay. Noises. We'll leave it at noises. But let me tell you a word. Yo. Let me tell you a word. (laughs) He said noises. <laughs> Let me tell you a word <laughs> that's not normally associated, but I'm going to make this work tonight. You're just going to have to trust me, okay? Sex is holiness. Sex is holy. And I'm going to prove it if you let me. Sex is holy. So God ordained a union between a man and a woman. And if it is from God, it is holy. See what that was too easy. We could just walk away and, and call it a night. We can't do that. But holiness is included in sex. Or should I say sex is included in holiness. You see, my goal and my job as a, as a husband is not to have a thriving sex life. It's to have a thriving wife. That's what holiness does. It builds the kingdom of God by pushing others to get better. 
Because the kingdom of God is all about other people. Asking them to get closer to God, to come with you along this journey of holiness, knowing that we will never get to perfect holiness. But God says, he demands, be holy as I am holy. So what are we, what are we to do? We're in this, this weird paradox of progression. The whole time. Holiness. There's a myth that, that relationships make us happy and whole. But, but sex isn't about happiness, it's simply about holiness, and it's a gift from God. And my Bible tells me that God loves to give good gifts to those who ask. He gave us the Holy Spirit, and a lot of times in my life, God has used the Holy Spirit through my wife to speak to me. The Holy Spirit is a good gift from God. My wife is a good gift from God. Sex is a good gift from God. You see, it, it, throughout tonight, we're going to get a little uncomfortable talking about sex because as Christians, we've made everything associated with sex shameful, but sex isn't shameful. Sex is holy. And the moment we can move beyond the perversion that Satan has stolen from us, we can take back this beautiful thing that God has given us and use it to glorify him. It's holiness, y'all. It's holiness. Satan perverts it only to bring division to the kingdom of God. And the antidote to division is holiness. Are you picking up where I'm going tonight? This should be pretty easy. And I'm not even read the scripture yet. Can we do that? Is that okay with y'all? Here's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 through 20. I'm going to read it in its entirety. Um, do me a favor and let's, let's honor this, this amazing book uh, and stand to our feet. Yes, thank you very much. I heard on a podcast, Sister Hoover, uh, Sister Clements did it just to, sorry, my bad. Sorry, Mac. She asked y'all to stand just a couple weeks ago. And, and this, uh, this book is, is due more honor for all those reasons that, she's, that she lists. You can go back and check that out. The Word of God says this. You say... I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. That's true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord. And the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us up from the dead by his power, just as he raised our Lord from the dead. Amen. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. I mean, that's just like, that's, how dumb is that thought? I, I'm going to keep on going. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her. For scripture says the two are united into one. But the person who is joined with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Run from sexual sin. My Bible has an exclamation mark. Is there one up there? Okay, I'm keep, I believe you. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. And don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself 
But God bought you with a price, and by the way, he bought that prostitute's life as well. So you must honor God with your body. Father, we take a step back from everything we think we know about sex, and we just lay it at your feet, and we say sorry that we've allowed someone, something else to pervert what you called holy. Father, by the time we end tonight, we will take up our mantle of holiness and in this progression towards holiness and walk out in your mighty name and your mighty power. We say thank you and amen. Amen. High five people and say sex. I told you it was going to get weird, didn't I? <laughs> going to get uncomfortable. Oh, that was weird. <laughs> it's almost worse. Like, dudes, if you go high five a dude and you're like sex, oh, that's gross. And then if you do a lady, you're like, oh. There's no winning. <laughs> Look, but before we get too deep, let me ask for like some crazy level of maturity. Like I know y'all are all like college students and sophisticated and grown up and all that stuff. You know. But as we're talking, you might have a name run through your head. I would implore you to keep that thing to yourself. Because statistics tell us that your name is running through someone else's head too. So let's be like crazy mature. And what happens here, we can let stay here or you can bring it to your core group leader. And y'all can have a separate individual conversation later. Is that okay? We're all on the same page? Good deal. Let's move on then. Um, first of all, if you have by chance... Lost your virginity before you gotten married. God loves you. That one thing does not separate you from the love of God. You are no less of a Christian if you have made that mistake versus a different one. The same saving grace, the same almighty power of God can restore you the same as a lying, thieving murderer. There is, God does not differentiate in his word between sin. There is no a, a, a big sin and a little sin. There, there's just sin. So just right up front, losing your virginity before marriage does, is not going to keep you out of heaven. Now, now, don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is that there is not consequences to your actions. There are consequences to sin, specifically sexual sin. We'll talk about some of those later. But the same God of the, of, of the amazing grace that we sing about, that God still loves you. Courtney and Matt still love you. Your core group leader still loves you. Amanda and I still love you. The love of this family goes well beyond our actions in a moment. Okay? It, it, it just does. Jesus has, has, has had to forgive me today multiple times already. He's given me grace enough to stand here in front of you. In this moment, he's going to give you grace to stand up and share your story. Gosh, that was, that was great. Great story. Just the openness, the honesty. You had no idea what I was talking about. I don't know even Adam. But God ordains things. He sets things up. Now, what I did was I did as much research as I could possibly do. And I intentionally use non-faith-based 
entities to do my research. That way we can have a, a, a well-rounded conversation tonight. So who I went to was the Asia organization, World Health, the CDC, uh, World Health Organization, CDC, all those non-faith-based organizations. And, and I'm going to show you how I can spin every, every single thing I say to one side or the other. All I truly know is what the Bible says. That's what I know to be fact. Because the World Health Organization and the CDC would line up with the Bible 75 years ago. And so now they, they, they flip-flop. But the constant that has remained true throughout eternity, throughout time, is the word of God. And that's what I know to be true. And so that's the only thing I have to offer you is just my perspective on this word. And according to the flip-flopping, sorry, I, I, gotta, I, can't, I can't do that. Y'all aren't going to take them seriously anymore. According to the Asia and the World Health Organization, one in two, 50% of sexually active pe- persons will contract an, S- contract an STI by the age of 25. Sexually active is defined as having any sort of sexual contact with more than one person through a specific time frame outside of a contractual marriage. 357 million people between the ages of 15 and 49 are infected each year with Chlamydia, gonorrhea, and syphilis are the top three winners. Ha <laughs> ha! Try to get you one of those when you're proposing to a girl. Hey, you want to marry me? You're going to get my, my smoking body, my dazzling personality, and chlamydia. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Good luck. You are a statistic. Whether, you're, whether it's a positive one or a negative one, you are a statistic. Can I tell you one of my favorite ones? My favorite statistics on, on, on everything that I found regarding STDs and all that stuff is this one. 11% of Americans believe that HTML is an STD. I'll keep going. <laughs> it's so true. I have, I have my list of references at the bottom of my notes. I'll send it to you if you're curious. It's on there, and it's hilarious. Here we go. Keep, keep moving on. 80% of, of initial sexual intercourse involved the use of condoms. STIs and unmarried pregnancies are all on the decline. This generation is more responsible about sex, talking about Gen Z and millennials, are more responsible about sex than their parents, according to this particular research, the World Health Organization and, and, uh, and the CDC. We have been dubbed the golden age of sexual responsibility. Give yourself a round of applause. Come on now. Are you kidding? We've traded sanctification for education. We've traded becoming like Jesus, holiness, for learning how to not get caught. And at what point do we say just a decline in STDs is not good enough? Just unwanted pregnancies are on the decline that's just not going to cut it. If you don't know where I stand, let me make it very clear. The only way to have safe sex is to wait until you're married and to do it under the union between a man and a woman and a contractual marriage that has been performed before God. Any questions about that? Okay, well, I'm going to keep on going then. When 
when two become one flesh, you cannot separate the two again without devastating results. I'm so glad y'all had these name tags. I can't get these off. Let me show you real quick. Would you, would you stick that on your shirt? Okay, would you stick it on her shirt? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, come on. Come on, you're taking too much time. I want your hair. Get out. That's gross. <laughs> Let's go. Come on. Dropped me. Unbelievable. Come on now. Okay, let's get let's get the wife involved. Make this weird. This this little thing. Oh, it still got some stick on it. That's good. You can't separate what has become two. You can't separate the two that have become one without devastating results. This, this might stick for another little bit. But it's not going to hold anything together anymore. It just won't. And as a culture, we've even redefined what sex is. It, it's, it's a relative term now. For some people, sex, sex holds completely different meanings based on who's presenting their thoughts. For some, sex is when the penis goes into the vagina. And so in that framework... Oral sex isn't sex. For others, on the polar opposite of that, any sort of sexual touching is considered sex. So kissing, holding hands, I mean, is there, is there a middle ground we can come to somewhere? I, I, I don't know. At what point do we cross the line from holiness to prostitution? Just using the, 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 the word of God as our, as our measurement here. For me, you don't ask me, sex would be any sexual act you'd, you'd be too ashamed to tell me about. You'd be too ashamed to tell your core group leader about. Too ashamed to tell, tell Mac or Courtney about. If you can't tell me what you and your boyfriend and girlfriend do behind closed doors, you probably shouldn't be doing it. It's just that simple. But you're like, y- you know, I, I, all, all we're doing is just making out. Yeah, but if you're only making out and it takes a divine intervention for you to stop, then stop. Don't put yourself in that position in the first place. Sexual boundaries are a thin, very thin, cracking, dried out rubber band that's about to ready to snap until they are spoken verbally and agreed upon. But how many of you in your your relationships have said, hey, here's my sexual boundaries? For real? way more than me no no way I missed you I'm sorry I was just joking y'all are awesome whoever that was okay you're good you're good I didn't think anybody raised your hand look but un- until these these boundaries are set up they're stone walled in you know where you're going how far you're going and you've spoken that verbally It's just a little thin rubber band, and you're just going to keep stretching that boundary further and further and further until it snaps. Sex is a holy gift from God. God God created man in the beginning, and he said, it is good. Then he created woman out of man and said, it is good. And then he said, y'all get together and do some 
good. I mean, that's, that's the new Hoover version of, of Genesis 1, 27, 28, where God says, y'all be fruitful and multiply and fill the whole earth. You know how much uh, good you have to do to fill the whole earth? Sex should be a lifelong adventure. It should be. When I was about 12, I found myself at a marriage conference with our, with our babysitter, Josh and Cassandra Foliar. They were engaged at the time. Why I was there, I have no idea, but I remember being there. And this old, like, 85-year-old lady was giving the, giving the, the, the talk. And, and so I'm zoning out because I'm like, man, she's old. Like, no. And then at the Q&A, I've checked out the whole time. I didn't hear a word that said. But this question and answer would stick in my mind some, like, almost 20 years later. Some dude said, at what point do you stop having sex? And this gross old lady, I'm sorry, y'all. She said, well, I'll tell you when I get there. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let me try this again. Sex should be a lifelong adventure when covered under the umbrella of God's holiness. Something that old lady said stuck with me. <laughs> I just got to keep going, y'all. That you know what? I'm just I'm excited that you gave me this opportunity. <laughs> Everybody's like, "Nah, y'all you don't y'all don't need to come here and play in the church." <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Look, <laughs> sex is the gift that God created to be enjoyed in its proper place because sex creates this endorphin rush, and so we can actually get addicted to it. And so within its proper context, marriage, we can get hooked on and addicted to our spouse. That's how God wired us. Proverbs in 5, uh, 18 and 19 says, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice over the wife of your youth. Here's where it gets awkward. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. I can proudly tell you I am enraptured and satisfied with my wife. And that is a biblical model of what sex is. And she's beat red over there. Sex, you, you, you can kind of think about sex as, as a fire in many ways, okay? Fire's hot. It's beautiful to look at. I love marshmallows. Wait. It's hot. It's beautiful to look at. When it's in its proper place. So I'm always hungry. When it's in its proper place. But when the fire moves beyond the perimeter of the fireplace, that's when you need a team of trained professionals to pray it. I mean, put it out. Premarital sex creates this, this kind of monster. This kind of monster that just doesn't shut up until it gets fed. And eventually, just thinking about doing something ain't going to cut it. 
It's not going to satisfy that, that, that sex monster anymore. So eventually you've got to start pushing that boundary, stretching that boundary, experimenting with your boyfriend and girlfriend, pushing boundaries you never thought you would ever move. And you know what? Little by little will work for a minute. But then that will become your new normal. And so Mr. Hungry Monster Man is just going to keep on asking for more. He's hungry all the time. Always, always, always. So you go a bit further and a bit further. But can I tell you a secret real quick? Mac and Courtney probably don't want you to know. Sexual sin, sexual anything with your boyfriend or girlfriend is on that happens more on the inside than the outside. And so you can still fool your core group leader. Sexual activity of any kind messes with every facet of who you are. Your sexuality, obviously, your physical body, your emotional self, your spiritual self, and your mental self. Everything gets so wrapped up. That's why, that's why the Bible said that when the two are united, they become one flesh. They just become one. And the, 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 the mentally part of this becomes crippling throughout your entire life because premarital sexual activity of any kind creates this life of comparison and competition. And what you subconsciously do is compare sexual partners and make your spouse compete with your nostalgic memories of past experiences. Can you see how that's going to cause some marriage problems? According to the CDC, two-thirds of sexually active young ladies wish they had waited longer before having sex. 74% of young ladies regretted their sexual experiences they've had altogether. For young ladies, even modest involvement in sexual experimentation elevates depression risk. Risk. Sexually active young women are more than twice as likely to suffer from depression compared to those who are not sexually active. And fellas, we don't get off scot-free here either. We just tend to associate our depression with other things. When in reality, there's this gaping hole left in our lives because we've given so much of ourselves away, we can't figure out how to stick to anything real. A detailed qualitative study of young ladies' loss of virginity found that their experiences were, quote, almost all quite negative and, in some cases, horrific, end quote. What has happened is that we've become numb to this normalized culture. So we embrace every experience until we've acquired the taste. But my Bible says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be renewed by, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 78% of young ladies and 85% of guys use contraceptives when, they're, when, when they lost their virginity. And so we probably need to be giving more money um, to Planned Parenthood to, 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 to fund these, these different programs that are providing contraceptives to, to, to new people who are, who are uh, experimenting with sex for the first time or two, right? I mean, that makes sense, logically. But my Bible says... The unchanging, never-ending word of God says, run from sexual sin. 
run from sexual sin, run to holiness, run towards the God of the universe, the only one that's going to be able to, to, to take who you are and, and, and transform you into who you need to be. God created you and equipped you with everything inside of you with the purpose and the plan already set aside with your name on it. And we are to honor God with our body, not trade education for sanctification. It's just not worth it. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. Even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. And you say food was made for the stomach and stomach for food. That's true, though God will someday do away with them both. And that verse could, could probably read like this. Our bodies were made for sex and our sex and, and sex made for the body. It's true. But the next verse says, though someday God will do away with the both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immoralities. They were made for the Lord, and he cares about our bodies. And so what I hear when I talk to people about this often is, it's a free country. You can't tell me what to do. Can't nobody tell me nothing. Man, wasn't that, wasn't that cute? But that's like the honest pushback that I get here. You can't tell me what to do, and that's true. I can't tell you what to do. Nobody can. This is a free country. You can make your own decisions. God blessed us with the gift of free will. But let me tell you this. The decisions you make today become your habits tomorrow, and your habits tomorrow become the decisions you make the next tomorrow. Don't you realize that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? Should a man... Take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scripture says the two are united into one. The imagery really says it all here. And, 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 and the word prostitute here, just so everybody's very clear, in the Greek, it's, it's porneus. Porneus. You, you picking something up here? This is where we get our word porn. Right. Thanks for the clarification. Pornography. This is what this means. This is where we get this word. We haven't even touched this conversation yet, and yet it's already covered. Can we agree that, that the porn industry is, is destroying marriages and just move on with our lives? Can, can we agree on that and, and, and we can keep going? The definition, the Greek definition of a prostitute, biblical definition, is this. A person who engages in any sexual expression not between a husband and a wife. And so does that biblical definition label some of us um, prostitute? Just keep going. And you don't realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her. Because the scripture says the two are united into one. But the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. 
What I think Paul is, is trying to point out here is God's relationship math. Everybody have any math majors in here? For real? What is one half plus one half? No. Hey, who else? Give me, who, give me like a PE major. No. Give me, give me education. Education major? Yeah. One half plus one half equals? No. Tell me. No. What? Say that so loud. That was good. What, what we hear is, is what you said. I'm, tell me your name again. Ste- Stefano? Stefano? What he said and what you said sound similar, right? You said one, and he said two halves. When I'm looking at my Bible, what I see and what, what we think is that one half plus one half does, we think that equals one. But my Bible says one half plus one half equals one messed or two messed up halves. If you're looking for your other half to complete yourself, you're aiming at a half empty life. Oh, you could be an optimist about it and think your glass is half full now, but it's the same level of fullness as when you were by yourself. We must find our fullness of identity in Christ without anyone else first. Wholeness comes through only one relationship, and that one relationship better be well established before marriage. And then the two become one. The two become one. My Bible does, uh, says the, the ones don't become two, but the two become one. The two ones become one. The two halves become a half. Then the two become one. And so one whole person united with Christ, one spirit with him. And another person united with Christ, one spirit with him, come, become united together as one flesh united together with Christ. This is what holiness looks like. This is what sexual harmony looks like. And it's so weird to think about sex and God in the same equation. Because for so long, we've tried, to, we've tried to part the Red Seas here so we can dance on the side of sex for a minute and then dance back over here on the side of God. And yeah, let's go. Just stay out the middle. But when God is the creator of all things, he just sees you looking like, a, like an idiot, jumping back and forth. He says, Ryan, I'm trying to give you this beautiful thing. Why don't you just take all of it and start, stop compartmentalizing your life? Holiness weaves everything in and out of your life for the good of those who love God. All things work together for the good. Are are you picking up where I'm going here? Holiness is a lifestyle that continuously gets better. And when, can I tell you a secret? When Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that uh, more abundantly, I think sex was included in that. Just maybe. What do I know, though? This is only my perspective. Get your own. The Bible says run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit 
What you going to do bringing a, a, a prostitute into the temple of the Holy Spirit? How, how are you, Ryan, a prostitute, going to step into the temple of the Holy Spirit? How does this work? There's either condemnation or conviction. And I, 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 can I tell you the difference real quick? Condemnation is what, is what Satan wants you to feel. He wants you to feel guilty and bad. He wants you to pull away and say, fine, they made me feel bad. I'm going away. Conviction is what the Holy Spirit does to bring you back into the loving arms of the Father that says, okay, we made a mistake. Let's pick ourselves up and keep going. I love you. I died for you. My Bible says that in the very moment of sin, Christ died for you. While we were still sinners, Christ died for you. I'm not standing here as a perfect person. Nobody can. But what I can tell you is that Jesus came into my life and forgave me from all my stupidity and put me on a path to holiness. Blessed me with an amazing whole person to come alongside my finally whole person so that we could be one whole person. So you're in here tonight, and maybe you're saying, yo, Ryan, I've already made this mistake. Okay, well, I just talked about that. There is nothing that's going to separate you from the love of God. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing. Not sexual sin. Not immorality of any kind. Not lying, cheating, stealing. Not things high. Not things low. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And the longer I chase Jesus down, the more grateful I am for that whole scripture. If the Holy Spirit is moving inside of you, um, worship team, can you help me out? Those of you who need to come, that would be super awesome. Um, if, if, if the Holy Spirit has been kind of shifting things inside of you. Please don't feel this as, as condemnation. Feel this as, as the Holy Spirit's pleading with you to come back to the Father, to come back under this saving grace, to recognize the need for repentance, because my Bible says that once you do that, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a complete new creation. The old has gone away like Jesus can't even see it because he threw it as far as the east is from the west. The old has gone and the new has come. That's what's in store for all who begin this, this journey of Jesus down the path of holiness, guided by the Holy Spirit himself. The actual spirit of God, that person, is trying to build you up in your most holy faith in this moment. Not condemnation. Don't hear that. If you're hearing that, if you're feeling condemnation, like someone's coming down on you, I'm sorry if my voice has been too loud. I get too excited when I talk about Jesus. It's not condemnation. What you're hearing is a passionate plea from the heart of the Father to bring you back. You can't go far enough that God isn't chasing you down. Help me. Help me do something real quick. Come here. Okay. You're going to be me. I'm going to be God. God. Okay. You, you run away from me. 
Okay, stop. Come back to God. Come here. Here's, here's what we think happens. Run. I'm, I'm God. Okay, I'm God. Ryan, run. That is a lie from the pit of Satan's stupid mouth. God is chasing you down. He wants nothing. Thank you. He wants nothing more. Nothing more than to be in deep, intimate relationship with you so that you can know what it's like to actually be in a good, healthy relationship before you step into something you know nothing about. It's called holiness. And it's something we'll never fully appreciate until we acknowledge where we're actually going. If you don't have a, a, a target in your sight, you probably have one on your back and anything that hits you is gonna stick. Okay, oh, let's go this way, oh, let's go this way. You gotta know where you're going. The call tonight, yes, of course, it's, it's sexual purity and, that, and, and, and of course we need that. But, but the call tonight is so much more than just physical actions. This is a life-altering, transformative night for, 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 for you. It's the, it's the night that we decide, I will chase down holiness. I will stand up, whether, whether there's past baggage or not. Because honestly, it makes no difference. For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus wants you and all your stuff to come along too. Jesus simply wants you exactly how, how you are. He doesn't expect you to change before you come into him. He wants you to get to him, and he will help you change. Would y'all jump to your feet, and while y'all do that, um, core leaders, would, would y'all help me out and get ready to pray with some people? I just got a sneaky suspicion that somebody is going to make a commitment Somebody's going to make a commitment to chase down holiness like you never have before. Hear me, Chi Alpha. Hear me. If you respond to this, to this question, this is not an admittance. I have a, I, I'm addicted to sex, okay? That's not what, that's not what I'm saying at all. Have, have we all made mistakes? Yeah. If you've not, if you've not sinned in your life, raise your hand. So we're all on the same page. We are all just broken sinners looking for Jesus. And so tonight is the step to holiness. It's a step beyond Jesus come into my life and save me. And it is a step to and, and, and with sanctification. That's what holy, like becoming like Jesus, dying to myself and becoming alive in Christ. That's what this is. It's holiness. God said, be holy as I am holy. He did not say, if you feel like it, would you mind try to be a little bit holier? No. He said, be holy because I am holy. Close your eyes real quick. Father, we just want to give you glory for who you are. We just want to say thank you for the gift of holiness. Father, we want to say thank you for the gift of you and your presence and your Holy Spirit that comes and doesn't, doesn't condemn us, but it convicts us. It draws us back into your, into your heart, God. You are the good shepherd. 
As our friend said earlier, you are the good shepherd that calls us by name. So, Father, as you're, as you're pulling on someone's heart tonight, Holy Spirit, as you're, as you're stirring up some uncomfortableness inside of some of us tonight, we're not responding, no, Jesus, we're not responding to, 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 to admitting that we have sexual problems. What we're responding to is a call for holiness. I want to be more like Jesus. It's as simple as that. And so, Chi Alpha, when I say amen, if you simply want to chase down holiness like you never have before, I'm not talking about the casual Christianity that's comfortable. The casual Christianity that don't talk about sex in church. I'm talking the next level, chasing after Jesus with every step. My Bible says I run with purpose in every step. If you are ready, if if the Holy Spirit is calling you, and you know who you are, calling you to holiness in a new level, When I say amen, I need you to go find a core group leader. They will plead the blood of Jesus over your life. They will call out things inside of you that you have no idea were even there. But what's going to happen with each step you take towards them, part of you is dying so Jesus can be alive. Part of you is being left in the seat so who you truly are, alive in Christ, happens when you get to these leaders. Are you ready? Are you ready? Amen. I choose holiness. Move now. Amen. We pray that this word has resonated with you and that you would carry it out into our world. To keep up with us, like us on Facebook at Chi Alpha at Ole Miss. Now go out and do anything short of sin to reach people who don't know Jesus.